You're listening to the Retro Wrestling Review Podcast. Hello everyone, I'm Gus Edwards and welcome to the Retro Wrestling Reviews Podcast. On today's show, we're going to be reviewing Mid-Atlantic and Mid-South Wrestling from the 26th of December 1981. For those of you new to the podcast, firstly thank you for listening. Every Sunday we review an episode of Mid-Atlantic Wrestling and Mid-South Wrestling from the WWE Network, or Peacock if you're in the States. And the big news is, from next Sunday we'll be adding in World Class Championship Wrestling into the mix as we hit the shows from 1982. Also on Tuesdays, we review a listener's requested show. This past Tuesday, we reviewed AWA Championship Wrestling from March 1988. If you wanted to have a show reviewed, then please get in touch with me, either by email at retroreviews at hotmail.com or on Twitter at RetroWrestling4. Let's get on with today's show. Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, 26th of December 1981. We open as usual with Bob Coddle and David Crockett at the desk, and they tell us on this week's show we'll be seeing Jake Roberts and Blackjack Wyndham Jr. in tag action, Billy Robinson, who's now called the British Empire Champion, last week he was the European Heavyweight Champion, he'll be on the show, as well as the TV Champion Ivan Koloff, and the Rookie of the Year Terry Taylor. The Mid-Atlantic Tag Team Champions, Oxbaker and Pretty Boy, Carl Fergie, will also be here too. Sergeant Slaughter then comes out and he's wanting to talk about the $1,000 challenge. That's for anyone who could break his Cobra clutch. Sandy Scott comes out to tell Slaughter that there'll be a random drawn later tonight and someone will take the challenge. Slaughter says he's got people already lined up to take the challenge. Tony Russo, Mike Miller and Charlie Fulton. Scott tells Slaughter that he's going to read a list of guys in the random drawn. He starts off with uh, Mike Davis and Keith Larson, and Slaughter's more than happy to take the guys on. But then Scott mentions Jake Roberts, Blackjack Mulligan Jr., and Ricky Steamboat, and Slaughter goes crazy. Typical heel, he just doesn't want to face anyone good. The opening match is Mike Miller and Charlie Fulton against Jake Snake Roberts and Blackjack Mulligan Jr. Robertson Jr. are getting more and more over with the crowd every week. It's actually a decent back and forth match. Miller and Fulton get a ton of offence in, which always makes these jobber matches better. The finish comes when Miller sandbags Jake on a scoop slam. Jake really, really struggles to get him up, so he has to change it into a backbreaker, and he then hits the knee lift for the win. We go straight to the next match, and it's Billy Robinson against Tony Anthony. Bob and David talk about the different style of um, Robinson. Bob was saying that um, Robinson claims he's a better technical wrestler. You get better technical wrestlers in Europe than you do in the States. And he says that's not really the case. Whereas Crockett says that um, Robinson uses a more Greco-Roman style, wrestling more with the upper body. I love the technical style of Robinson. I know it's not for everyone and some prefer a flashier style, but to me, this is great. If professional wrestling was going to look real, it would probably look like this. Guys like Robinson and Johnny Saint are amazing at this style. 
Robinson at one point, he hits Anthony with a tombstone pile driver and Anthony actually kicks out at two. Talk about killing a finisher. Robinson then picks him up and into a backbreaker for the win. We're back from the break and it's the TV champion Ivan Koloff against Keith Larson. Always been a big fan of Koloff. Uh, a lot of people will remember that he was uh, the first one to beat Bruno San Martino back in uh, Madison Square Garden in 1971. And of Always wanted to have ever had a time machine to go back to one match. It would probably be that match. Because you always hear the story about how the crowd went completely silent when um, Koloff got the three count. And I think Bruno said himself that he thought that he had actually suffered a knee injury because he couldn't hear anything. But the crowd was just silent. And I'd actually love to be back there just to find out what the reaction was when Koloff got the three count. There's not much to this match. Koloff wins with the knee to the back of the head off the top rope, which was the move that he used to beat um, San Martino. We're back from the break and Johnny Weaver's out and he decides to talk about Ricky Steamboat wanting his rematch with Roddy Piper. He says even if it's not one-on-one, there's things like battle royals and you never know they could end up in there together. He's then followed by Ray Stevens, who's saying that one day he'll get his hands on Arna- uh, sorry, on Ole Anderson. There's not much to either of these interviews. To the ring, and it's Tony Rousseau against Terry Taylor. Sandy Scott comes up to the commentary desk during the match to tell us that they've held the drawn backstage, and Blackjack Mulligan Jr. will face Sergeant Slaughter later in the show, winning the $1,000 Cobra Clutch Challenge. So a few weeks ago we got a video of Tommy Rich wrestling saying that he was going to be coming into the territory. Since then we haven't seen Rich appearing on the show but every week Tony Russell who was a jobber in against Rich has been here. Looks like we might have got a wee bait and switch there. Taylor wins with a flying forearm to a big pop. He's definitely over with the women in the studio. Tag team action next, and it's Pretty Boy Carl Fergie and Ox Baker, the Mid-Atlantic Tag Team Champions, against Vinny Valentino and Don Carnodo. Baker, as you may know, he became notorious in the early 70s due to the death of two wrestlers after matches with him. Firstly, in June 1971, three days after a tag team match between Alberto Torres and Bob Ellis against uh, Baker in The Claw, Torres passed away due to a burst appendix. But because wrestling's such a classy business, Baker's heart punch was actually used by promoters as the cause of Torres's death. Then a year later, in August 1972, Ray Gunkel passed away in the locker room due to a heart attack after a match with Baker. This was again added to Baker's persona and blamed on the heart punch. Uh, then a couple of years later, there was a big riot can't remember the, the city that it was in, 1974 it was, between Baker and Ernie Ladd, when Baker continuously used the heart punch on um, on Ladd and ended up causing a big riot. These tag team matches are getting some time to deal on the show. Valentino gets beat up for ages, but he eventually gets a hot tag to Carnodal, who gets to run wild for a bit. Valentino gets back in, but he gets hit with the killer heart punch from Baker, and Fergie gets a win. It's a big angle time, and Sergeant Slaughter comes out with Jim Nelson. He's followed by Blackjack Milligan Jr. for the $1,000 challenge. Slaughter stalls and stalls again like he did with um, Youngblood the other week. 
At one point, he even hits Junior with an elbow to the shoulder. Sandy Scott warns him if he tries that again, he'll be fined more than um, $1,000. The hold finally goes on and Junior starts fighting it. He rams Sergeant to the turnbuckles. He tries a variation of the arm drag, but he still can't break the hold. He's fading and he's fading, but he then starts to make the comeback. Slaughter then hits him with a few knees. Right, he's still fighting it, he's still fighting it. The hold's on, just as the credits roll, and you see Mulligan Jr. basically starting to hulk up and he starts to break out the hold just as the show fades to black. This was a decent show this week. Robinson against Anthony was a good match, and the two tank team matches, because the jobbers got some offence, was also very good. There was no standout promos this week, which was a bit of a disappointment. But the angle with Slaughter and Mulligan Jr. was really well done. Before we go on with Mid-South Wrestling, just want to let everybody know about Tuesday's listener-requested show. This week, we'll be looking at WWF Wrestling Challenge from December 1986. On that show, we will see Kamala going against a young Mick Foley. The Hart Foundation, Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart are in action. Plus, a main event of the Natural Butch Reed... Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik going up against the British Bulldogs, that's the Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy Smith, and Billy Jack Haynes. If you enjoy these reviews, then remember to check out the archives for more, including SummerSlam 1991, WrestleWar 1989, and the 1990 Great American Bash. Let's go on with the Mid-South Review. Mid-South Wrestling, 26th of December 1981. Boyd Pierce opens the show this week alongside Cowboy Bill Watts, who's the guest commentator. We head to the ring, and it's tag team action. Jerry Novak and Rick Ferrara against Mike George and Carlos Zapata. Well, George is a push guy. He normally um, partners with the Junkyard Dog. So this match is one star and three jobbers, basically. What's let us know that George isn't teaming with Dog at the moment due to any injury suffered to JYD. This match is basically two on one. George gets worked over by Novak and Ferrara early on, but makes his own comeback and he hits a couple of drop kicks and pins Ferrara. The only action that Zapata seen was to be thrown out of the ring and then slammed on the concrete by Ferrara. Watson Pierce then um, recap the angle last week where Paul Ellerin did 50 repetitions of the Persian clubs and the Iron Sheik had to double that or would forfeit $1,000. They go to a video of the angle. If you remember from last week, Sheik refused to do so until after he wrestled Frank Monty. And of course, what that, when that was done, there was no time left in the show. But Bill Watts lets us know that the Sheik must finish the challenge 100 repetitions this week. So we head up to the ring for this. Surprisingly and impressively, Sheik does the 100, no bother. Ellerin says that he wants to do them again this week. Ellerin starts, but once he gets up to 50, the Sheik attacks him and he puts him in the camel clutch. Ellerin breaks a hold though and he goes to hit a neck breaker, but Akbar hits him with the Iranian flag and Sheik finishes him off with a couple of suplexes. Back from the break, and it's Paul Orndorff against Brian Blair. This is a great technical matchup, back and forth, exchanging holds. Because neither of these guys are jobbers, it probably makes it a better match than the one that we saw in Mid-Atlantic with um, Billy Robinson and Tony Anthony. I've actually been very impressed with the matches on Mid-South since we began watching. 
they've been a lot better than what I remember of them. Orndorff goes for the figure four, but Blair kicks him off and he goes for a figure four of his own. Orndorff turns it over and he reverses the pressure onto Blair. This plays into the storyline of Orndorff being able to, that he's figured out a counter to Ted DiBiase's figure four. The referee calls for a bell even though Blair didn't uh, submit. This was an excellent match. It put both guys over, continued the storyline, exactly what you want from a TV match. Next up is Ted DiBiase, the North American champion, against Mike Boyer. This is just a showcase for DiBiase and he wins easily with a power slam and a figure four. We've then got a tag team match next and it's Bob Roop and Bob Orton Jr. against Mike Bond and Frank Monty. We've seen Monty on both Mid-Atlantic and Mid-South for a couple of months now and this might be the first offence he's ever got in. He gets a couple of flying head scissors on Roop and then a power slam on Orton. The crowd's absolutely shocked and they um, pop really big for it. But it doesn't last for long and Roop and Orton take over. Mike Bond gets a hot tag and his comeback consists of two slams which gets the crowd going and then for some reason he decides to do a headlock takeover. Orton just ends up destroying him and he pins him with a pile driver. To be honest, Bond deserved to lose because of that comeback. The next match is Ed Wyskowski versus Tom Renesto Jr. Then there's nothing really to this match. Wyskowski does nothing for me. He wins easily with a backbreaker. We then go to the Iron Sheik in action against Don Serrano. Sheik attacks him straight at the bell. But within seconds, Paul Ellerin runs in and he attacks Sheik. He throws him all over the ring, punches, kicks, suplexes, backdrops, but then the Sheik and Akbar bail to end the show. A pretty decent show here. Blair against Orndorff was the best match on either show, and Bill Watts' commentary really added to the show, especially getting over the storylines. The Iron Sheik and Paul Ellering ar- angle is similar to the Sergeant Slaughter angle in Mid-Atlantic, but the Slaughter one was done much better this week, and due to that I'll give Mid-Atlantic the win this week. I hope you've enjoyed the show this week. If you have, then please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend. Remember, next Sunday we'll have not only Mid-Atlantic and Mid-South Wrestling, we'll also be the first episode of World Class Championship Wrestling, featuring the Von Erics, Kerry and Kevin in tag team action, along with King Kong Bundy and much, much more. Take care of yourself, and I'll talk to you again soon.